0: Hello, this is Josh Chrisman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. And I want to speak to you for just a little while tonight on this topic, this thought. Change that dirty coat. Change that dirty coat. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, God, to come into your presence, Lord, and to break the bread of life. God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your will upon, uh, uh, in each and every life that's here tonight, God. I pray that, that each and every word would accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish. And I, God, I pray, Lord, by the power of your anointing, Lord, that you would change us tonight. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Some things in, in, our, in our lives, you know, we really don't think too much about, you know, just things are the way they are, right? Um, clothes being one of them. You know, clothes is part of everyday life. And uh, although we, we, some of us, you know, appreciate clothing a little more than others, and some people, uh, you know, maybe go a little overboard on the amount of clothes that they have. I mean, some people might have, you know, 40 pairs of shoes in the closet, um, that get in the way every time uh, trying to get stuff down that are never, no, I'm just kidding you, just kidding. <laughs> no, she teases me because I have a lot of shoes, you know, and I do, I like shoes and I like coats, you know, I, 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 have, I have quite a few of those two things. But clothes are a part of our life, right? Now, they identify us, I mean, if you've ever played ball, okay, you wear a uniform and it identifies you as part of that team, right? If I'm playing football and I, you know, go back in the pocket to throw the ball, on the quarterback. You know, I'm looking for jerseys that are the same color that I'm wearing. If I'm any good, that is right. <laughs> Somebody say amen, right? So you understand that uh, you go to, uh, you know, jobs or workers. You, know, you wear uniforms. You know, if if you go to a place of a, uh, a business, normally they'll they'll have some way of identifying who works there and who don't, right, or who doesn't, and my you know i go to home depot and i need some help i look for that little orange somebody wearing one of those orange aprons right so they ide- we, identi- we it can identify things for us correct a bride at a wedding you know you shouldn't have to be wondering who the bride is at a wedding right they should be the one wearing the big white dress right brother right, brother smith so you understand that there are certain things that are put in place Clothing wise, that identify Joseph in the Bible. Remember, he was given that coat of many colors, that was something that his dad gave him to signify his place in his heart and in his plans, right? Um, and then, if you talk, if you go on to read that a little bit later, you know, uh, he was wearing a different kind of clothes later, he was wearing slave clothes, right? Amen. And then, remember, when he's wearing the coat and uh, uh, when Potiphar's wife you know cornered him in the hallway and pulled a office coat you know that identified him and tied him to a, a place that he was you know, he was able to be accused of something right so we identity right they protect us okay if you've been out in the winter time, they provide you warmth right protection from the cold um, I know when I was you know you wear boots and gloves of course if I had a, a glove made out of metal you know it might have protected me on this on this Instance, but you know, for the most part, gloves, boots, there's things that protect us. I know when I weld, I I like to weld, and when I weld, you know, you don't go um, welding in your t shirt, right? If you show up, if you're a welder and you show up to work in a t shirt and some short pants, uh, you're gonna have a bad day, (laughs) right? Because the sparks are flying, right? So they protect us, right? Now, if I look around the room and you know, I, I could I could I I'm not gonna give any examples but I look around the room you know and I look at y'all and I could tell a little bit about your personality by what you wear right sometimes it can kind give you a little bit of a look inside someone's personality by what they wear now some people can pull some crazy things off right some things that you say man I could never wear that right okay that's just you know different people and different things but the primary job of clothes are so we're not here naked, right? The primary job for clothes is that they cover our nakedness. Amen. Genesis three seven, uh, we find the story of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve uh, did something they shouldn't shouldn't have done. Took of the tree, okay, and all of a sudden, their eyes were open and they realized, oh, I'm naked, okay. And the Lord came, and they, you know, they ran and hid. They got some fig leaves, and they covered themselves up. And he asked them, he said, who told you you were naked? Okay? There's something, there's a change that happened there, right? All of a sudden, there was shame connected with man, correct? So we understand now that clothing is necessary, right? Because of the evil of our hearts, okay, clothing is necessary. I mean, can you imagine... If every, I'm not even want to imagine that, right? Clothing is necessary, okay? Remember Legion, remember Legion in the New Testament, Jesus encountered him uh, near Gadara, and he came out he was living in the tombs and he ran into tombs and he, they couldn't keep him clothed, okay? So the only people that wanna be naked have demons, right? <laughs> right, I mean, in public, I mean, it's just not natural. Right? To walk around like that. Somebody say amen. So we find out right here that the state of man, where it used to be uh, when, they were, when we were in communion with God, we weren't shameful. Okay? But now that we have this fallen nature, this sinful nature that has now come to dwell in us, now we are shameful. Okay? we need clothes. Now, then there's the idea of proper attire. So if I'm going to go to a... You know the the kids just got through going to prom or winter formal or whatever the different things that they call it. Okay, and you see the pictures of them. You know they're all dressed up and the, the guys had the suits on or the tuxes and the, the ladies are all dressed up and their uh, their flowing their flowing dresses and their their hair all done. Okay, you know they're going somewhere, right? So we understand that that there are different. There's proper attire for different different things, right? If you go into court. a pair of gym shorts and no shirt does a judge think you have any respect for the court right a matter of fact if you have any kind of lawyer the lawyers gonna say you need to look good tomorrow in court okay you're gonna make my job a lot harder if you don't show respect to the court by what you wear somebody say amen so we understand that there's things that go along with certain times certain places there's proper attire somebody say amen when Joseph was called out of the prison Okay, in Genesis 41, so even though it was an emergency, I mean, Pharaoh come come down there, he he had his dream, he hadn't slept for for nights and um, and weeks, and his his magicians couldn't figure it out, and he was just all distraught. And they said, this guy in prison that can can tell the dreams, you know, it was an emergency, but even though before he came before Pharaoh, they shaved him, and they gave him some new clothes. Because even going before Pharaoh, you're not going to go in there in your prison garb not having showered or shaved, Correct. I hope you're understanding right now where I'm going with this. We got to understand that, that there, are, there are times in our lives where we need to be clothed a certain way to do certain things. Somebody say amen. The prodigal son, the father had a robe placed on him as soon as he got back, okay? It showed restoration. It showed that he was being accepted back in the family. It showed that he was, he was now, he was my son that was once lost. He's now, once, once blind, now he sees. He was once lost, now he's found. Amen. He's been returned. He's been restored. I'm going to give him a robe. Somebody say amen. There comes an idea in, uh, in the Old Testament. If, if you've ever studied uh, Elijah or Elisha. And there's this one phrase and i want to bring this up in order to connect it to later on here but the phrase used by elijah and elisha was the lord god before whom i stand they would make a proclamation and they would swear by the name of the lord god by whom before whom i stand so you, so this you know that that really has, I really pondered that many times. And this week, while I was thinking about this, this message, the, it kept coming back to me and kept coming back to me. And whereas it, it sort of didn't, I didn't see how it fit, but the Lord kept pushing it and kept pushing it. And I started to look at it and started to look at it. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh, okay. Now I see. So you understand that by saying that they were saying that, look, I'm standing in a place of authority. Okay, I'm standing because I can stand before the Lord. I'm standing in a place where I can proclaim there's going to be no rain for, six, or for three and a half years, right? I, I, because I'm standing in a place of authority, I'm going to, I can proclaim, you know, stand against the evil, can proclaim things, thus saith the Lord. Somebody say amen. So it denotes a particular spiritual place that Elijah and Elisha were able to occupy before the Lord. Now, is there a place that we're supposed to occupy before the Lord? Yes? Amen? So we see them stand in this gap for the remnant. Now, remember when when, Elisha, when Elijah was, was there, he was feeling sad about for his situation. He was feeling all down, and the Lord, and he said, I'm the only one left. I'm all that you have left, Lord. And he said, oh no, I've got 7,000 people who have not bowed their knees to Baal, right? So he, you gotta understand, he was standing in the gap For the remnant amen how many knows that we're supposed to be the ones standing in the gap for those that need the Lord somebody say amen he was also standing against the evil of the day now if you're not willing to do that if you're scared to do that you're not of the Lord okay you're not walking like the Lord wants you if you're afraid to stand up against the evil of your day if you're afraid to call sin sin Okay, you need to get on your knees and pray for some courage, right? If you're afraid to call sin, sin, you need, to get on, you need to get on your face before God and find him again, okay? Because you're not doing what you're called to do. Somebody say amen. This is the place that we're called to stand in this world, amen? We're, we're called to stand. We've been, we've been studying the whole armor of God, and he says, to stand, you've got to put on the whole armor of God. But the idea is to stand. Somebody say amen. And it's standing before the Lord. Now, if you remember right, Elijah and Elisha, they had this mantle that they wore, right? That was the uh, it was a kind of a, a uh, it was kind of a symbol of the anointing of the Lord. It was a kind of symbol of the authority that they carried as the voice of God, as the prophet in the land. Somebody say amen. And when Elijah was taken up to heaven, what fell? His mantle fell, and Elisha went and got it put it on, okay, so symbolically, the anointing of the Lord that was on Elijah, okay, because he had asked Elijah, he said, I want a double portion of what you have, okay, so when he put that on, okay, God granted his request, okay, and gave him a double portion of the Spirit of God, somebody say amen, so once again, we see clothes identifying him, okay, clothes carrying some kind of a weight with the Lord, somebody say amen, now, Isaiah sixty one ten we just read for it says for he hath clothed me with garments of salvation. Do you understand that there was a day that you were naked before the Lord? Do you understand that you when you were in sin before he reached out before he saved you you were naked before the Lord? Somebody say amen. I he covered you with garments of salvation. He wrapped you up in his love. He cleansed you and wrapped you up nice and toasty in, in the blankets. You know this? Remember, remember getting out of the bathtub and if mom had just pulled a, 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 a towel out of the dryer? Amen. You're clean and you're covered and you're warm. He hath covered me with a robe of righteousness. Where I couldn't provide my own robe of righteousness, he provided me a robe of righteousness. He covered me with salvation, and he provided me with my robe of righteousness. Now, as the prodigal returned and was covered with the robe of restoration that he didn't deserve, okay? We are clothed with the garments of salvation and covered with the robe of righteousness. How many knows that there was one time you were feeding with the pigs? Amen. There was a time when you were in the gutter. There was a time when I was in the gutter. There was a time when I needed the Lord. There was a time when I was, wasn't where I was supposed to be, where I wasn't, where I wasn't, where I was born to be, where I wasn't, where I was created to be. Amen. But when I came back, when I came to myself and decided I was going to go back to my father's house, he placed that robe back on my shoulders. Somebody say, amen. Covering me. Amen. Job. And Job said in 29, 14, he says, I put on righteousness and it clothed me. Amen. How many knows that if you put it on, we talked about last week about how that you put on when you, when you take partake in the divine nature of Christ, you put him on. Okay. You put on his righteousness. That's your breastplate is his righteousness, right? Job said, I put on righteousness and it clothed me. He said, he said, my judgment was a robe and a diadem, which was a crown. So you got to understand that he understood even back then, before the law, even back then, before he even knew, we even knew, we didn't have the Ten Commandments yet. Job understood putting on the righteousness of the Lord. Let's turn to Zechariah chapter three. And I love this. I've I've referenced it a few times. And this is, we're going to really see, this is going to connect all the dots for us. Somebody say amen. Zechariah chapter 3, we're going to start reading to verse 1, and we're going to read through verse 7. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. So Zechariah sees a vision, okay, and he God shows him Joshua. This high, the high priest at that time was Joshua. He shows him standing before the Lord, and Satan's right there, okay, to resist the operation of the Spirit, to, uh, to resist the operation of the priest. Said, and the Lord said unto Satan, "The Lord rebuke thee." Okay, how many knows that's how you should pray? How many's ever heard said somebody say, "I rebuke that," you know, or "I rebuke," you know? I always pray, "The Lord rebuke." okay the Lord rebuke it okay because my words only carry any authority because his words carry authority somebody say amen so you know uh, there was in Jude I think it was uh, he's talking about uh, delivering a railing accusation uh, against against the devil he said but I say the Lord rebuke thee right Michael when he was disputing about the body of Moses remember he said I don't do, I don't declare any railing accusation I say the Lord rebuke thee right so he says that said to Satan, the Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Now Joshua, now I want you to understand, really take notice of this. Says, now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. Okay? And stood before the angel. So he's trying to stand before the Lord. Remember like Elisha and Elijah said before the Lord God before whom I stand. Okay. Joshua, the high priest is trying to discharge his, his priestly duties. He's going about his duties, trying to discharge his priestly duties, standing before the Lord. And he's wearing filthy garments. Okay. Now, what do you see here? Okay. How many knows that if you go willing to wear your filthy garments before the Lord, then Satan can resist you, right? If we're, if we're not willing to take off the filthiness, if we're not willing to put off the filthiness, okay? If we're not willing to take on the righteousness of Christ, if we're not willing to do the things that we know to do, I'm not saying you've got to be perfect because the Lord knows none of us are perfect, amen? How many knows that every day we've got to be striving to be the best that we can be in the Lord? Somebody say amen. So if you, amen, give him praise. It says now, Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel of the Lord, and he answered and spake unto those that stood before him. This is the Lord saying, He says, take away the filthy garments from him, and thine and unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee. Okay, this is this is forgiveness, right? This is this is restoration. This 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 is salvation being delivered. To Joshua the high priest. Sometimes the priests need delivered. Amen. Sometimes the priests need to re 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 uh, re uh, dedicate, rediscover. It says, "Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with what? A change of raiment. Okay. So Joshua's doing his best, but he's filthy. Joshua has stood before the high priest, or stood before the Lord, trying to discharge his duty, but something's not right. Okay, but the Lord provides the change of raiment. Somebody say, Amen. It says, uh, So, and I said, Let let them set a fair mitre upon his head. So they set a fair mitre upon his head and clothed him with garments, and the angel of the Lord stood by. And the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, or proclaimed unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge, And then thou shalt also judge my house, and thou shalt also keep my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. So what's he saying there? He's saying, look, Joshua, okay, you came before me trying to do your job, and you didn't have things in order. Okay, you came before me, though, with the right heart. I'm going to give you these change of raiment. I'm going to provide you... This I'm going to take away those filthy garments. I'm going to provide you the the right clothes to be in my presence. Okay, but from going on to well, going on before here, if you what did he say? If you will, uh, if you will walk in my ways. Okay, how many knows there's a if? There's a big. That's a big word. That's like I heard a guy say. That's the biggest word in the English language is if. Right? If you will walk in my ways. Okay. If you, if you will keep my charge or keep my commandments, keep things that I've charged you to do, and then shall you also judge my house and shall also keep my courts. He's saying, look, before you're going to do any work in the house of the Lord, you're going to have to to toe the line yourself. Amen. You're going to have to uh, line up and acknowledge that you need that. there's things that you have to do. Somebody say, amen. There's things that have to be done in your life. There's things that have to be put off. Amen. In order for those garments to stay clean. Amen. Somebody say amen. So what do we, uh, what do we see here? What do, I mean, this is a picture of somebody trying to stand before the Lord. How many knows that we are all kings and priests? The Bible says that we are a kingdom of priests under the Lord. Amen. Hebrews. Okay. So what's a, this could be any one of us trying to stand before the Lord, trying to discharge some kind of a service to the Lord, okay, with filthy garments. Okay. Now I'm not talking about the ones that we had on when we came to the Lord, because how many knows that those, heaven forbid, we were all filthy, right? But right after you come to the Lord, you should be starting to try to straighten up. Somebody say Amen. But there are always things. There's always something. You know, um, (laughs) I'm pretty particular about things, and uh, if I'm doing something, there's always something I can find wrong with something I'm doing. Okay. And how many knows that? As the, I'm not talking about the Lord being, a, being, a, uh, uh, being somebody that's unreasonable, okay? We've said it here a thousand times. He's not angry at you or me because of our humanity. Okay, he's not angry at you or me because things that happen to us and cause us to think certain ways, or things that things that happen in our lives, or things that we have trouble with in our lives. Okay, he understands. He was how many knows? Bible says he was human. Amen. He was 100 percent God, but he was 100 percent man. I mean, he was he was at all points tempted, but without sin. So he he understands the hurt. He understands betrayal. He understands abuse. He understands he understands all the things that we that we understand as as made us who we are. Amen. He's not mad at us because of our humanity. Okay. Where he, where he gets a little bit mad at us is when we refuse. Okay. His help in following his will when we set our will against his will. Okay. So you got to understand if he's called, if he's called you to, to a, to a place in him, if he's called you to a place in his kingdom, he's called you to be a minister before him. He's called you to be a minister in some way or shape or form in the kingdom, amen. And if you're trying to stand up before that without your without your raiment being clean, okay, things aren't going to work out well for you, right? We're, we're we're trying to be we're trying to be a bridge to folks that need him. Somebody say amen. We're trying to be an example to folks that need him, right? We're trying to we're trying to stand against the evil of the day. We're trying to do our, our diligence in being what he what we're supposed to be here, but without that change of raiment, okay we can't do anything because the devil is there okay to resist us now how does he resist you okay he knows your filthiness he knows where you have your troubles he knows where you've had your problems he knows uh, what's happened to you in your past he knows uh, what kinds of fears that you have he knows what kind of things makes you angry he knows what kinds of things offend you. He knows what kinds of things tempt you. He knows what kind of lusts you have in your heart for whatever it may be. He knows just how to how to tempt you. And if you if you if you're unwilling or unable Okay, to put your trust in the Lord, to let him take away those, those, filthy, those filthy garments from you and give you a change of raiment. They're, the devil's always going to have an end. He's always going to have a part of you that he can put his finger on. He's always going to have a place where he can resist and, and, and keep you from doing what you're supposed to do. How many knows distraction is one of the biggest enemies of a Christian? amen when God is trying to call you into something he's trying to call you into service in some way he's trying to call you into doing what you've been purposed to do in his kingdom and if he can distract you in any way with some kind of hurt or with some kind of offense that's being placed in your life or some kind of a hurt or some kind of a lust or some kind of a a thing that he can get a foothold in your spirit amen and he can and whenever you start to make a a couple of good moves you start to you start to move forward a little bit if he could put his finger in that wound and begin to push it or begin to twist you up in a a certain way and get you thinking things that you shouldn't be thinking. Amen. How many knows that that's the distraction that's coming against your ministry in your life? Somebody say amen. Amen. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of room. There's a lot of things that need done in the kingdom. Amen. There's a lot of room to operate. There's a a lot. There's lots of, you know, you talk about the the job situation in the country. There's lots of jobs that's empty in the kingdom of the Lord. Amen. There's lots of jobs waiting for just the right person to step in and do what they're supposed to do. Do, you know, uh, pastor preach on Sunday, finding your purpose. Amen. And how many knows that when you find your purpose, nothing else really matters, right? Because you're fulfilled in your your spirit. You're fulfilled in your life. Amen. And there's plenty of places in the kingdom of of the Lord that needs a person just like you. Okay, there's plenty of things. There's plenty of hurting people. There's no there's no lack. There's no lack of hurting people today in this world. There's no lack of drug addicts. There's no lack of alcoholics. There's no lack of broken homes. There's no lack of abuse. There's no lack of lying and cheating and stealing. There's no lack of being poor in spirit. There's no lack of any of that stuff. Right? There's thousands of people around you every day that need your ministry. But if he can keep you distracted by your own junk. If he can keep you living in your own filthy garments, if he can keep you in that place where he can put his finger right on that spot and just stop you in your tracks and say, uh, you're not going any further. I know where you've been. Amen. So I mean, at some, some point, we got to put that stuff under the blood. Amen. We got to start to put it under the blood. We got to bring it to the altar and we got to leave it. And we got to get up and go, go on forward in the kingdom. How many knows that that's the only way that you're ever going to accomplish anything for the Lord? We all want to stand before the Lord, Amen. I love reading those stories about Elijah. I love reading those stories about Elisha. How bold he was to stand before, in the face of all that evil, and the, just being the one man, just standing there doing the right thing, being the being the voice of the Lord in that time. You know, I love reading that. And you can kind of imagine what it was like for him to be there standing, being the only voice, being the only voice of the Lord in that time. Amen. standing against the 450 prophets of Baal there on Mount Carmel, being the only guy to look in the king, look at the king and say, you're the one troubling Israel, being the guy, you know. And You start to think, man, could that ever be me? Absolutely. Could that ever be you? Absolutely. We need some Elijahs. We need some Elishas. It's going to take on the mantle. You know, we've all got problems, we've all got issues, we've all got things that we've all got thorns that stick in us. We've all got past wounds, we've all got offenses, we've all got things that have offended our that have offended our spirits and have held us back in the past. We've all had those things. OK, everybody, you know, you, you think if, a, if you hear a guy that's anointed preacher or you hear a, you notice a person that's a, a good, solid Christian that's a good witness and you look up to them. Do you know that they have the same issues? Do you know that they have come from the same place that you have? Do you know that they have have come? They were in their depth. They were in their ditch just like you were. Okay. The only difference is, is they have allowed themselves to be placed on that altar. They've allowed themselves to place what hurt them on that altar. They've allowed what, what, what was distracting them to be placed on the altar and under the blood and to get up and walk away from that thing and not be ruled and owned by the fear and by the hurt and by the sadness and by the torture of it all. Some, at some point, you've got you to purpose in your heart. And saying, he's got me for the last time. Okay? He's, he's, he's pulled that trick on me for the last time. Okay? Th- that, that thing that's in that skeleton, that's in my that for the last time, he has pulled that thing out. That's the last time I'm ever listening to that lie. It's the last time I'm ever falling for that trick. It's the last time that I'm ever letting him put his hands on that hurt place in my heart. It's the last time. Because I tell you, as long as as long as you have it, as long as, you'll, as long as you'll hide that thing in your in yourself, as long as you'll keep that thing and coddle it. How many knows that that some people, their only, they're only their whole personality revolves around their hurts. Have you ever known anybody that their whole life, their whole, they, they wouldn't even know who they were without their depression? Right? There's people that live every day, and wallow in that self-pity, in that place where they said, whoa, me, oh, me, oh, me. Okay? There's got to be a day. Somebody's saying, there's got to be a day when you stand up and you say, this is the last day that I'm going to live in this place. This is the last day that I'm going to live under this shadow. I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm not trying to blow smoke at you. I'm not trying to say you're the next Elijah, okay. But what I am saying is that if you are here, if you've if you felt his pull, if he's brought you to a place of repentance, he has work for you. If he, if you are here, okay. If you are if you are under the sound of my voice and you know that you've been blood bought. Amen. You've been baptized. Amen. You've been filled with the spirit. You know, you know, I know I can tell you for, for a surety that God has work for you to do, but you got to know that before you're ever going to stand before the Lord in the way that you're supposed to stand before the Lord, the filthy garments have to go bye-bye. Okay. The filthy garments, you got to be willing. He's provided the salvation. He's provided it all. We talked last week about the imputed righteousness of of salvation, right? We talked about the imparted righteousness. His spirit gives you everything that you need to do this, okay? All that's missing is you. If you will walk in my ways. If you will keep my charge, okay? I'll make you ruler of of my courts. I'll make you judge in my house, okay? He's talking to all y'all. He's talking to me. Right? We got to decide. We got to decide. You know, and we we come into this place week after week and we feel the spirit of the Lord. Right? We feel it. We come in here. Hallelujah. We praise the Lord. We feel the spirit. Okay? And then we walk out of this place and we don't feel the spirit again until the next time we come here. Okay? That's That's not the way you keep the filthy garments off. Okay, every day, every day, you need to strive to touch that throne. There's a place that you can go all by yourself. There's a sanctuary not made with hands that you can you can kneel by wherever you are, brother Smith, and you can reach out to the Lord and you can step into His presence and you can begin to be, be, let Him fill you with revelation. You can begin to let Him fill you with power, with purpose, with strength, with 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 anointing. And then when you step in here, you're a weapon to be used for the Lord. You're you're not coming. You're not. You're not coming in here to get sharpened up every time. You're coming in here to be a, a weapon, a force to be reckoned with. Amen. You're going to be a walking testimony to everybody that you meet. Amen. And it doesn't take so it doesn't need somebody to hold your hand every minute. Okay? It took me a long time to realize that. That all I got to do is seek all I got to do with the, my whole heart is look for him and he's going to find me. amen. I'm going to find him. The Bible says if you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart, amen and it doesn't matter where I am, I can I can kneel down and I can reach out and I can step into that sanctuary that's not made with hands and I can get, begin to glean from his spirit. I begin to glean revelation. I can begin to glean things from the word of God, amen because I am willing to stand up, And walk after his ways. Now You say, well, don't you have anything that you regret? Oh, Lord. Man, if I listed all my regrets, we'd be here all night. Honestly. I regret so many decisions. I regret so many bad, so many things I said. So many things I've done. I regret things that I've thrown away. I regret mistakes that I've made. Amen. But there's nothing left for me back there. There's nothing I can do about what's already been done. Those, were, those, were sta- those stained my garment. Those were filthiness that I lived in, right? But if I put it away, Amen. If I put it under the blood, that's not something that should affect me anymore. And when the devil comes with that lie and we says, remember when you did this and when you did that, if somebody finds out about this or that, what you did in your past, your, your Testament. No, 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 no. That makes my testimony that much stronger because I'm not that person anymore. I'm not that person that made that mistake. I'm not that person that was wallowing in that. I'm not that person anymore. And where, and where his foothold was, okay? Where that place was that was wounded, that place that was bleeding all the time. If I even let it pick out just a little, it'll start bleeding. Where Where that place was, that now becomes the strength. That now becomes the testimony, amen? That now becomes, because the next time a person comes along that has any type of story like I do, I can say, look what the Lord has did for me. I was where you were. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. But it takes a deciding, it takes a decision on our part. It takes, so, it, ta- it takes, somebody's gotta be willing. Somebody's gotta be willing to put it aside. Somebody's gotta be willing to be able to let it go, amen? You can't be offended every day of your life and, be, and still be effective in the kingdom. Amen. You cannot be regretful every day of your life and be effective for the kingdom of the Lord. You can't be depressed every day of your life and be effective for the kingdom of the Lord. You can't be anxious every day of your life and be effective for the kingdom of the Lord. Okay. Sometime at some point, you got to put it down at some point. Sometime at some point, you got to be willing to let that thing be healed and let it go. Somebody say, Amen. there's coming days, folks, there's coming bad days. Look, I look around. There's so many people that need the Lord. There's so many people that are hurting. There's so many people that need to have what you have. Have the opportunity to feel what you have felt. Have the opportunity to know what you know. But we spend all of our time collecting ourselves up to go to church again. Collecting ourselves up to go get right again. Right? I've been there, man. Been there. Many, many times. There has to be a time, there has to be a day when you, <laughs> the Bible said it was Isaiah. He said, I desired his word, or was it Jeremiah? More than my, desire, more than my needed bread. I desired his word. Okay? There's got to be a time where you know where your life comes from. You know what, what, where the sustenance for your soul comes from. When you start to understand that where, where, you're, where your life and where your spirit, where, where your liveliness where you're being alive on this earth comes from. Okay? If you're alive in Christ, are you a new creature, right? Old things are passed away. All those things, they all become new, right? That shouldn't be a place that we visit every other day. Okay? We shouldn't go back there and just to check and see if it's still there. Okay? If it's under the blood, we need to let it be under the blood. Somebody say amen. We come to the altar and we cry out for the same things over and over. And I've been there. I've been there. Just because I can't quite let it go. Just because I can't quite I can't quite I can't quite give it to him. There's pieces of our souls that are injured throughout life, you can't live very long on this earth and not have some type of injury to your soul. David said, they break my soul into pieces, remember? He said, they rip it like lions, rip it apart. And as long as there's pieces of your soul not restored, that's the place the devil can come. And he can put his foot right there. He could put his finger. If you know somebody's got a bruise on their arm, man, and you want, you know, you just poke that bruise. <sighs> the devil knows where we hurt. The devil knows what, we're, where, what makes us angry, what, what depresses us, what makes us anxious, what we're afraid of, what makes us angry, right? As long as he have that place, he could push it. He can just push it. You start to show too much promise. You start to get too too happy. You start to get too joyful in the Lord. You start to worship too well. You start to read the word too well. You start to study too well. And all of a sudden he comes along and says, I've ah, got to stop this right here. This is just a little distraction. And every time we fall for it. Every time. Every time. If it's just a certain thing. Every time. There's got to come a day. There's got to come a day, there's got to come a day when you are willing to turn that page. There's got to come a day when you're willing to let that dirty, that filthy raiment be gone from you. There's got to come a day when you're willing to let it go and let that part of you be healed and not go back and check on it every other day to make sure it's still there. Amen. There's got to come a day when you when you purpose in your heart that I'm not going to live this way anymore. Somebody say Amen. If you plan on our jobs for intercession, okay? We are, we are a bridge, right? We're supposed to be a bridge for those hurting. We're supposed to be a bridge for those. How can we intercede for anyone else when we can't even get over that thing, right? Every time we kneel down, that thing is, is poking us, right? How can we ever reach out for anyone else when we're, all, when we're still, how can, if you're, if you're in the water, and, and, you you know, you, you're you trying to save your own life. How can you save somebody else if you really can only swim with one arm? How? You you barely can save yourself, right? You say, I'm sorry, I'd like to help you. But I'm, I'm hanging here by a thread, okay? Those days need to go. Those days need to go bye-bye. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're hurt by. I don't know what thing is in your spirit that's got you offended, that's got you hurt, that's got you tied up. But we got to find a way. Got to find a way to turn the page. If you need godly counsel, get godly counsel. If you need to go on a a, a seven-day fast, go on a seven-day fast. If you need to, whatever you need to do, you need to find a way to be able to turn that page. Because until then, you're only half a Christian. You're only half a weapon. You're only half, you have all the potential in the world. But you're not, you're like a, you're like, you know, in the, you, you watch them in the, in the uh, movies and they're practicing things and they use the blunt swords, you know, the, the wooden swords, you know, when they're practicing so they don't hurt each other. That's all the good, that's all you're good for. You'll never get the real weapons. Somebody say amen. It's, it's the next step for a lot of us. It really is. And there's so many, man, this church is filled with so much potential. There's so many people who God has reached into their lives and brought them from so far down. There's so much many people that have experienced so much healing, right? So the next step is to put it all in the past and leave it there, okay? The next step is to say, I'm not that person anymore and make that statement and then start acting like it, okay? The next step for, for us as a body is to take that next step, Right? Our raiment provided as long as we walk in obedience, okay? As long as we're willing. We gotta fight spiritual warfare. Power to stand. Okay? These desperate times that are coming. Stand with me if you will. Come to the music if you want, if you please. What would it be like if we were all in tune with the Spirit of God and God would lay something on your heart? So, he would, he would lay a burden there for a person. Maybe you don't even know Him. A person or a feeling, or there's somebody that's struggling with something and you kind of feel that. Okay? What would happen? okay if you were in tune with god like that with the spirit like that and then that week you hit hit your knees and prayed through that feeling you could pray for that feeling pray for that situation you might not even know all the details I have ever experienced that were you feeling something in the spirit that you don't understand you don't really know why okay what would happen if a couple of, that happened to a couple of us in the church and we were both praying And then that morning, that person come through the door. What would happen? What would happen if we could intercede like that? Because she, God knows where everyone is. Okay, all he needs is willing vessels. Somebody to hear. Somebody to listen. And he's going to work through you to touch their life. But if all we're worried about all the time is our own past, and our own anxiousness, and our own depression. You know, we start to feel the feeling in the spirit. Oh, maybe that's me. Maybe I, oh, I just don't feel like it. We go up on the TV to entertain our way out of it. I've done it. I've done it. What would happen if we could intercede like that? What would happen in the city? Because that person that comes in here. And has had that, that prayer going on for them for a week and they come into this altar and God begins to break those chains in their life and changes them right then that's an intercessor in the making right there okay intercession breeds intercession what would happen if we had the power to stand before the Lord and get, our, get direction right from the throne I'm talking about in our lives. I'm talking about in our families. I'm talking about in our daily act. Just get right from the throne. Okay. What would happen? We got our direction right from God. What would happen? What What would happen if when we said, the Lord rebuked thee, that it, it was coming from a person who was clothed with the right type of Standing before the Lord. And then the Bible says if one sent a thousand to flight, what's, it, what's the next if Two can send 10,000 to flight. You say, well, one, two people, it should only be 2,000. No, it's exponential. Okay? Because two two or three agree, okay? It's touching anything, right? Then we have the power of Almighty God with us, right? What would happen in here, Brother Smith? What would happen in this, in this town if one by one we decided we were going to intercede the way we were supposed to? We, we, we are directed to intercede. What, what, what would happen? What would happen in our worship services? What would happen when the pastor got behind the this pulpit to preach? What would happen if we were all into preaching with him? What would, what would happen? He's given us all the tools we need. He's done all the work. All we gotta do, and I, I'm saying this to me as well as I'm saying it to you, all we gotta do is get over ourselves. We are not the center of the universe. I am not. I, me. I am not the center of the universe. I am but one will I just want I just need to be one willing vessel of many in the body of Christ. When we get that attitude, man, look out. What could the Lord do with us? What could the Lord do? I mean, I don't know how many people's here tonight. What could the Lord do with just, just this many people willing, willing to do what it takes? What could he do? Crazy to think about, isn't it? You hear about those great revivals of the past. I believe we can have one right now believe we can have one right now. Man, there's people being drawn to this place. There's people being drawn to Cambridge by the Spirit of the Lord. What would happen You for your spirit lord. God, I praise you for your mercy. Oh, for your long suffering in my life, God, I praise you, Lord. God help us going forward. Help us turn that page. Help us let those filthy garments go. Help us allow you to clothe us again. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.